0: Welcome to an incredible word from Pastor Marcus Dunham, Associate Pastor here at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Today we are going to be continuing our series uh, lessons from 1 Thessalonians this morning and so we're going to be jumping right in, and um, we are going to uh, do just a quick review. It's been a few weeks since um, since uh, part three. Today is part four, so we're going to go ahead and continue with that. But first, let's do a little bit of quick review just to catch everybody up real fast. So um, in uh, First Thessalonians, um, it is... Uh, It is a letter that was written by Paul to Christians in a city called Thessalonica, which is modern-day Thessaloniki. If you were to travel to modern-day Greece, you would find Thessaloniki as one of the major cities and one of the most important cities to their history. And it was a major city that attracted people from all different walks of life and uh, and also different religions and, and such. And so it was a major city then, and um, Paul knew this for sure whenever he uh, was traveling and sharing the gospel. I believe that he handpicked Thessalonica for a reason and because his goal was to spread the gospel. And so um, we find the account of, of Paul in Thessalonica in Acts chapter 17. It starts at the end of chapter 16 and then, and, then, and then bleeds over to the beginning of chapter 18. And you guys can read that sometime. It's great. But basically, during his second missionary journey, he arrives there in about A.D. 51. And Paul, while he's there, the Bible tells us that he's reasoning with the Jews in the synagogue. And while he's doing that, he's also sharing the gospel with some of the Uh, the people who are not Jewish, called Gentiles. And uh, he wins them to the Lord. He builds a church. He plants a church. He begins to disciple them, and they're doing well, doing strong. And at that time, some of the Jewish teachers of the law didn't like it, and so they begin to cause trouble. And uh, eventually, it causes Paul and his team to flee and to leave uh, Thessalonica. And so um, once that happens, um, some of the things Um, coincide, but we'll talk about that just a little bit later. But um, in chapter one, um, Paul, he is encouraging and he's celebrating the Christians in Thessalonica because he has heard that they have been standing strong in their faith in the midst of real persecution. And he was proud, he was excited, so much so that their faith was actually encouraging other Christians in nearby cities. And again. The closest city was 40 miles away, and so it was traveling, and not only that, but they were sharing their faith with others, and uh, what we gleaned and what it, what it reminds us is that people are watching us, and they see our faith, and whenever they see us continuing to trust God through the things that we endure, it encourages others that, that, if, that if we can stand in our faith and follow Jesus, so can they, Amen. So, and it encourages us to do our best to set a good example uh, for, the, uh, uh, for the believers that are watching us. And then in chapter 2, we see Paul defending his ministry. He kind of switches gears and he begins to defend his ministry against some of his enemies who were wanting to discredit him and calling him a failure and a fake. Now, Paul, he knew that these things that they were casting at him, they knew or he knew that those things that they held no merit specifically with God. And he knew that at the end of the day that they didn't matter. And so he wanted to make sure that he set the record straight with um, the Thessalonians there. And so you see that. And it also reminds us that the accusations that are made on our behalf by the devil, whenever we feel like we are failing, when we feel like we have made a mistake, that none of those hold merit with God, and they're nothing but worthless accusations. Amen? At the end of the day, uh, the facts are in the blood. And the blood says that you are saved, that you belong to the Lord. And at the end of the day, Jesus will do what he said that he will do. Amen? And so um, it encourages us to do that as well. So, Which brings us to chapter 3, which is where we are at today. And um, we're going to be at the end of chapter 3. So just to give a quick review, if you were to read through chapter 3, Paul, here he's filling in the gaps of what happened after he left Thessalonica. And we know what happens because here in chapter 3 he shares it, and he lets them know that once they left, he was concerned. He let them know that he was concerned, that he knew that whenever they left because of those people who were causing trouble, he knew that when they left that they still had to endure it. And he was concerned about him, and you know he he traveled to Berea, then he traveled to Athens, and he traveled to Corinth. And while he was there, uh, uh, in chapter three, it says that Paul that when he could wait no longer, you know he he just kept thinking about it, and eventually he just realized that listen, you know we got to do something about this. We I've got to see what's going on. So he sends Timothy. Timothy was his uh, he was his disciple, and he was also his. Um, his uh, co-laborer with him, he was another pastor with him, serving with him in the ministry. So he sent him back to go and check on um, uh, the Christians in Thessalonica. And he and he shares, he was honest, He's, and said, listen, man, honestly, I was kind of concerned that, you know, all the work that we put in into making sure that you guys are strong in your faith, I was concerned that all of that was going to go, you know, because of the temptation of the persecution that was going on. He was concerned. But, man, he was so excited whenever he got the report when Timothy let them know that, man, they are standing strong. They are continuing to serve Jesus, and they have gone through hell and back. But, man, they are still holding on to the word that we left with them. Oh, man, he was so encouraged. And uh, that's what caused him to write this letter. But he was so encouraged. And uh, quick side note, you know, thinking about Paul investing his time and investing his energy into these people and then having to leave, there was a point where he just had to leave the rest to God. And there is something to be said about doing what God leaves us responsible for and then leaving the rest up to God. You know, there's a point in life where we just have to trust God, right? Where we have to trust him to do his part. And um, it's, it's true that, you know, sometimes we may think that whenever we, that we have to be successful in our eyes at what we're doing in order to make a difference. But at the end of the day, it's our obedience. Your obedience makes a difference. Right. Whenever we do our part, I believe that it makes God's part a whole lot easier. And so when we just do our part, it may not seem like it's successful, but when we can just obey God and we can just do what he has called us to do, we can leave the rest up to him. Amen. Amen, amen. So, well, that brings us to, to the end of chapter 3. And um, Paul, he begins to share a prayer with the Thessalonians. And this prayer is twofold. It's, he, he, he shares a personal prayer, personal meaning relational with them, and then also a prophetic prayer. And uh, let's go ahead and read verses 10 through 11. Chapter 3, verses 10 through 11, it says this. As we pray most earnestly night and day, uh, we pray we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face. His desire is to see them and to supply what is lacking in your faith. He's wanted to to go back to them. His prayer is that God will open up that door so that they can. Uh, can, can, can continue what they had started. And in verse 11, he says, Now may our God and Father himself, our Lord Jesus, direct our way to you. This was a personal prayer. He's sharing them that, listen, this is what we've been praying. We've been praying that God will open up the doors, that he would let us come back to you guys, that we can finish what we started and we can continue to encourage you. You know, Paul took time to witness to them. He led them to Christ. He discipled them. He guided them. He invested his time and his effort into them. And he had personal stock in the people that he was praying for. And, you know, this reminds us that we should have somebody that we are investing in. We should have somebody that we are pouring into, whether it's our family or whether it's a friend, whether it's a neighbor, whether it's a coworker, somebody in our life that maybe they're just beginning their walk in Jesus or maybe... They, you know, as Pastor Ron says, they're right on the edge and ready to be saved. You know, we should have somebody that we are investing in and that we are uh, believing and in, investing in and, and uh, I'm encouraging them and loving on them and showing them an example worth following. There is something about having somebody, and no matter where we are in our walk, there is somebody that we can pour into. There is somebody that we can invest in because somebody is watching, Amen. So uh, let's uh, make sure that we have somebody that we are pouring into. And that leads us to the second prayer, and this is where we're going to park today. And uh, again, this prayer was a prophetic prayer. This was one that um, it it, it was prophetic because it was specific to the Thessalonians of that day, and it's also specific to us today. It was, a, it, was a, it was a prayer that was for then, and it's a prayer for us now. And, and, and this is what his prayer was in verses 12 and 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 12 through 13, it says this, May the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, as we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all of his saints. The title of today's message is Abound in Love. Abound in Love. Paul, his prophetic prayer, what he meant for then, and, and what the Word of God and what God means for us today is that his prayer was that they would increase and abound in love. And also that they would be blameless in holiness. So we're going to talk about that. So he says his prayer is for them to increase and abound in love. So what does that mean? As our love for God increases, I believe that the byproduct is that our love for others will also increase. And not only does it increase, but Paul's prayer was that it would abound. Now, that word abound, what does that mean? The word abound means to have plenty of, to have plenty of, to be filled with, and to be well supplied. You know, I make sure that I have plenty of food in my house because I love to eat, (laughs) love to eat. You know, we got plenty of it. You know, we abound in food in our home. And God's desire is that we would abound in love, that we would be filled with love and that we would be well supplied. That's his desire. And the truth is that the Bible says that God is love. So if we are to be filled with love, it means that we have to be filled with God. And when we have more love is because we have more God in us, because love is a byproduct of the Holy Spirit. Now, when we talk about having more of God, Let me just, doctrinally and theologically, we can't necessarily have more of God because doctrinally, the Word of God tells us that we have the Holy Spirit in us, and He's more than enough. And so when when we were saved and the Holy Spirit is put inside of us, it wasn't that we run out of God or that it wasn't enough. We have enough God in us. The Holy Spirit that's in us, we don't need more of God. So from that sense, we can't have more of Him, but... We can choose what we are filling ourselves with, right, every day. We can choose to feed ourselves with more Jesus in our life. The truth is that we are either feeding our flesh or we're feeding our spirit. And in that sense, we can have more God in our life. Amen? And, uh, you know, we can have more prayer in our life. We can have more of the Word of God in our life. We can be in church more. You know, all those things, we can have more Jesus in our life. That's how we have more God, And the truth is that when we have more God, the byproduct is that he produces love. He produces love on the inside of us. It's just a byproduct. It's what he produces. And uh, we can always have more Jesus in our life. John chapter 3 verse 30 says, uh, John the Baptist said, Christ must increase, but I must decrease. And we can always increase Jesus in our life. We can always do that. There's always more room. That's that's what uh, John was saying in a sense, and it's also true for our lives today that there is always more room for Jesus in our life. There's always something that we can do to increase that in our life. And uh, when we do so, it produces more love. And this is what his prayer was, that they would grow in that love, that love would be produced in their life. But the fact is that we can't produce love on our own. Our love is limited. Our love is, is, uh, is limited. I was tr- trying to think of another word, but I couldn't think of it for a second. But um, uh, our love is not the same as God's love, because our love will go to an extent. Our love has limits. But God's love does not. God's love has an ability to go beyond those limits, and that's the type of love that Paul is talking about, that his desire is that he would produce that type of love in our life, but it's only through the Holy Spirit. And he says this, that that, that we would increase and abound in love for one another and for others. When we love one another, we care for each other, and we encourage one another, and we believe for one another. And the truth is that love has the ability to overcome all division, disappointments, and dissensions, because the fact is that we are going to disappoint one another. That's just going to happen. When, you know, we're going to offend one another, that's going to happen. We're going to fall short. That's going to happen. It's a part of life because we're human. But love has an ability to look past those things. It has an ability to forgive. It gives us the ability to forget. And it gives us the ability to move forward past those moments. You know, I remember, uh, I know I shared this already, but I, I just thought about this again whenever I was uh, preparing um, Uh, uh, for this morning, I remember sitting and, Pastor Ron, you know, you 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 telling me about my brother Chris and encouraged me to love him and and just be his brother. And I just remember that whenever I decided to do that and I just began to pray for him and love on him, all the things that bothered me all the time, that annoyed me, that just got under my skin, I was able to overlook those. I I just overlooked them. You know, I I looked past all those things because there was something bigger that God was looking at, and it was the love that I was allowing God to produce in us because the Holy Spirit is looking to produce it. But sometimes we can get in the way. Anybody with me? We can get in the way sometimes, but God, He is wanting to produce that love inside of us so that we can look past the things that get in between us, that we can look past it, and that we can forgive, that we can forget, and that we can produce, or, or and that we can move forward. It is our obligation to model the same grace and mercy that was shown to to us through Jesus. That is our responsibility. And as he said that we should love one another, that we should also love others, he said. And who are those others? The others that he's talking about is the lost. And God's desire is that we would abound in love and that we would grow in our love for the lost, that we should pray for our coworkers, our neighbors, our friends, our family members that don't know Jesus, and that we should invite them into our life, and that we should reach out to them with a love that looks past the dissension, looks past the division, and looks past those disappointments, because there is a bigger goal. There was a greater goal for the people that God is drawing to us. If, we're, if, if there's people around us that don't know Jesus, it might be because God is sending them to us. He is guiding them to us. And it's an opportunity for us to invite them to church, for, him, for, you know, you know, for us to share them about what Jesus has done in our life. You know, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8 says that love covers a multitude of sins. That is true. In the Amplified Version, I love how it it amplifies it and it it, it, and it expounds on it. It says that love overlooks unkindness and unselfishly seeks the best for others. That's what love does. And it allows us to look past the things that really rake on our nerves. And it allows us to grow in our hearts for them and to see the greater potential, the greater potential. Rather than just our shortcomings. But I'm so glad that Jesus saw the greater potential in me and didn't see all my shortcomings. Because they were many. They were many. But thank God that he looked past those. Thank God for the people in my life that looked past my shortcomings. We have to see the greater potential in those around us that don't know Jesus. We can see their future salvation instead of their present shortcomings. Amen? We can abound in love. And that is what God wants us to do. And so, and uh, the Apostle Paul, he says, he encourages us to abound in love for one another and for others. And he says, so that, and he talks about being established, establishing our hearts blameless in holiness. You know, Jesus, when we have more Jesus in us, he's going to produce more love but he's also going to produce more holiness in our life. That's a byproduct. And it says, so that. That's, that means that everything that's before is a cause, and everything coming after that is the effect. And when we have more Jesus in our life, and he produces love, what's going to happen is that it's going to produce more holiness in our life if we don't get in the way, right? Right? If we don't get in the way, he wants to produce more holiness. It's a byproduct because the truth is that you can't get close to Jesus and get close to sin at the same time. We just can't do it. It's impossible. We can only be serving one. Romans chapter 8 verse 8 says, Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And we can't please Jesus and please the flesh at the same time. And the truth is that when he produces love in us, when God is producing love in us, it's going to produce holiness. It's going to push us closer to Jesus. It's going to, produce, it's going to push us closer to a more of a righteous life. And the devil, he wants us to believe. He wants us to focus on just overcoming our sin, overcoming that one thing that continues to trip us up. But the word of God here makes it clear that when we can focus on Jesus... He produces holiness in our life. It's when we draw close to Jesus that he produces it in our life. The devil wants us to focus on just that. He wants us to focus on those things. He wants to set traps For us to continue to make us believe that we can produce righteousness of ourselves, that we can make ourselves more righteous. But that's not what the Word of God says. He says that when we allow God in our life, He will produce it on His own. And it will cause us to push those things out from our life. We don't have the power to make ourselves more righteous. Only Jesus can. Amen? And He leads us to the point where He talks about Jesus is coming back. You know, I still think about that sometimes, how Paul was, he, was, he it, it was, it was on his mind. Jesus is coming back. This was 2,000 years ago. And at that time, he was saying, Jesus is coming back. We don't know. You know, Jesus can come back at any time. And, and Paul's desire for them and God's desire for us is that God, is that when Jesus comes back, that he would find us blameless before men and that he would, ha- and he would find us holy before God. That's his desire. And when we have Jesus in our life, it's going to produce it. It just does. That's what God does, is he produces it in our life. And blameless, being blameless is not a goal that we can attain, but we can choose to follow the Holy Spirit. We can choose to obey him. And when we do that, it's going to produce it in our life. Amen? So a few takeaways for this morning. Number one is to allow Christ to increase. Let's allow Christ to increase in our life, amen? Let's allow him, let's let's allow Jesus, you know, the Holy Spirit, he's speaking to us and he's calling for us and he's wooing us in the mornings, he's wooing us in the evenings, he's calling us to make sure that we are spending time and creating time for Jesus in our life if we allow him. Let's allow Christ to increase in our life. Let's give him more room. Let's find time to spend in the word of God. Let's find more time to spend in prayer. Let's find more time to create time for Jesus in our life. And when we can do that, he he will increase. We can can choose what we feed our spirit and what we are feeding ourselves. And we can do that by finding that time to, to create for him. Number one, allow Christ to increase. Number two, allow love to increase. Man, when we allow Jesus to increase in our life, love is going to abound. Love is going to increase. It's just going to happen because that is what he produces in our life if we don't get in the way, right? And the devil, he's going to look for ways. He's going to cause for a reason for division, He's going to cause for a reason for disappointment, to 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 take our attention to those very things, to cause division between uh, um, uh, um, in our marriage, to cause division in our relationships, to cause division in uh, in in whatever relationship that it may be, and he's going to he, he's going to do it, hoping that we get in the way, but. The Word of God tells us that if we can stay out of the way, love is going to increase in our life. And that is God's desire. And I know that it's our desire in us as well, that we increase and that we abound in love. And as we do that, man, it's going to cause us to forgive. It's going to cause us to forget. And it's going to help us to move forward in life. Amen? And then number three, allow holiness to increase. Let's allow holiness into it, uh, to increase in our life. We just have to not get in the way. Let's just not get in the way because the Holy Spirit, if we can just obey, if we can just do what he's calling us to do, it's going to produce more holiness. We're going to draw closer to Jesus and further away from our past, that we're going to look like the people that we desire to be, which is to look more holy, to be more like Jesus and to move the things from our past out of our life. Holiness is not a goal, but it's a lifestyle. Amen? Holiness is not a goal. It's not a, it's not a place that we reach in life, but it's an everyday walk that we have with Jesus. And holiness is not built on duty, but as it says here, it's, uh, it, it's built on, it, or excuse me, it is established on God's love, on the foundation of love. That when we allow God's love in us, it is the foundation for holiness in our life. We cannot aim to be blameless, but we can aim to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in our life, amen? And then uh, uh, I'm, I'm adding one more point, one more takeaway that's not on the screen. But it's that, you know, Paul, when I watch him, he says, May the Lord make you increase. He says, "May the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you." Paul, he was encouraging them to do the very same thing that he was doing in his life. He was allowing God to produce love and holiness in his life, and then he was passing it on to others. Let us allow God to produce love and holiness in our life and let's pass it on to others. Let's encourage those in our life to do the same thing. Let's set a model. Let's set a, an example and let's pass it on to them. Let's show them the love that God wants for us and, what, and, and that God wants for them. If we can model it, then they have an example they can follow, amen? Let us set an example for the believers following us. And at the end of the day, we all need more Jesus. We all need more Jesus. You know, I, uh, in our family, we have a saying, you know, uh, you know uh, Naomi, she's received Jesus. Maya received Jesus. But we all know that our little Nora, man, she really needs Jesus. You know, we're, we're, we're just waiting for the day that she gets saved. Man, that's going to be a great day. You know, we, you know, we were just speaking that over her. We, we can't wait for her to get saved. But we all need more Jesus because Jesus fixes a lot. He just does. Amen? Well, let's pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord. God, that you are, God, that we have the opportunity, God, to increase you in our life. And Father, Holy Spirit, I know that you are speaking to us every day, calling us, Lord, to your word, Lord, calling us to prayer, Father. And I pray, God, that as we step further, Lord, I pray, God, that you would produce love in our life, that we would abound in love, that we'd abound in love, God, for one another, and God, that we would abound in love, Lord, for the lost. And, Father, God, I pray, God, that you would produce holiness in our life, Father. God, I pray that we would move further away from our past. God, that we would move, God, we, God, that we would move further away from sin. And, God, that we would move closer to you, Father. Because, Lord, your word says, God, that without holiness, no one will see the Lord. God, I pray, Father, God, that we would draw close to you, Father. God, help us, Lord. God, help us, God. Lord, and I pray that as we do that, Father, God, that you would help us, God, to set an example, Lord. God, help us to abound in love for others and for the lost, Lord. May they see your love, and God, that that you would use that to draw them to you, Father. We thank you, Lord. Bless us, God, today. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, say amen. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for this dynamic message from Pastor Marcus Dunham. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastors and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.